Hello and konnichiwa to the URB Rugby Show, uh, hosted by Owen Winder and myself, Morgan Roberts. Uh, we're doing this in the light-up to Freshers 2019, of course, with the arrival of the 2019 Rugby World Cup in the land of the rising sun, Japan. Yeah, very exciting. It's really exciting, it's, isn't it? It should be good. The first time the World Cup's gone to Asia, I believe. Yes, it is, yeah. The ninth of uh, these... Uh, tournaments in terms of the format they generally were in the traditional countries in the southern hemisphere powerhouses and then in europe in france and mm. england wales but now it finally gets to be in asia which is expanding the market of rugby of course yeah i think that's one thing to think about alongside the tournament itself it's all it's all about marketing at the end of the day isn't it <laughs> well, well this is where world rugby inevitably get most of their revenue but uh, it's one thing that i also think that swayed the voting um for the next one where right. it was hosted in France. Okay. Because so were... France is the next one in, yes. in four years' time. Even yeah. though they hosted it in 2007, they will be hosting it in 2023. So 20, um, uh, 16 years later, they will host it, mm. uh, which was a bit of a controversial thing at the time. I still think it is a rather bit controversial yeah. because I thought Ireland were the more deserving nation to have it. <laughs> anyway, we won't get into that. No, we won't. We, no, we, we're <laughs> we're going to digress quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Um, so we've got a few of the different nations different talking points uh, that we're going to have a go through. We're also going to try and have a look at uh, some miscellaneous stuff, which includes picking a 15 that have not been picked by international squads uh, for the Rugby World Cup, as well as those that are injured. We're also going to have a few predictions as to who will be in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and who will eventually be in the Rugby World Cup final, which will be on November the 2nd or yep. the 4th, second. 2nd yep. of November. Um, we're also going to have a look at and to think as to who may be the top try scorers and who may be the player of the tournament, because of course we're doing this as a pre-recording before Japan kick off against Russia sure. on Friday yeah. the 20th. So, yeah, Japan-Russia, it's an interesting first match, I thought. I'm Obviously, Japan being the host, naturally they'd start it. But Russia, is, is it their first Rugby World Cup? It isn't their first Rugby World Cup because they were in the 2011 World right, Cup. Right, OK. Yeah. And they actually, um, under Gwyn uh, Jones, who is a former Dragons coach yeah, as well. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Um, he, um, he actually made them into a fairly decent set you know, they, mm-hmm. I don't think they won any games in that World Cup, but they certainly gave people a, f- a, a good run for their money. Yeah. Um, there was also kind of like a Cold War matchup between the United States and um, Russia in their pool group in 2011. This right. time, however, um, Russia, well, it's not exactly Peter the Great in terms Another of... Another Welshman coach, Lynn, Lynn Jones is the coach. Lynn Jones, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of Welsh coaches, actually, of the smaller sides. I think three or four have got Welsh coaches. Yeah, that, yeah. that generally does tend to happen. Yeah. And there are quite a few guys out there, um, Welsh coaches. So, But just to give you a context as, as to how I think this could potentially turn out to be... <laughs> The heaviest defeat for any nation at a Rugby World Cup, and I'm fairly confident with this because um, I think it was um, there was New Zealand against Japan, 145 points to 17 in 1995, right. and Australia against, I think it was the Netherlands or Namibia, scoring 141 points. I think we might see a beating of that, genuinely, because <laughs> Japan, they're a very good side, they're a very well-driven um, set-piece side yeah. and they could go for the length of the field tries and Russia coming into this tournament they hosted a game in Moscow and they lost to a team 35 points to 22 and who was that? Jersey 
who are oh, in the second dear. division oh of gosh. English club rugby. So oh, if they gosh. lose to Jersey at home, at Moscow, where it's just like, oh, you know, yeah. having the home <laughs> yeah, crowd yeah. on them, yeah. it's... Uh, you can't it, expect much for them. No, you really Japan. can't. Well... I mean, to do that, that'll be a huge scoreline. You're talking 150 points, potentially. Yeah, I like, genuinely think it could like happen. two points a minute, isn't it? It's really yeah, I, genu- I genuinely think it could happen. Because then the Russians will then get impatient and then throw a punch and then get a red <laughs> yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely think it could happen. But how about the other smaller teams? Because you know, Russia, probably the, the minnows of the tournament, but you've got uh, you know Namibia, um, I suppose the Pacific Islanders, Fiji, Tonga, yeah. the likes of Uruguay. I, I can't recall Uruguay winning the World Cup. Maybe well, yeah. memory's better than mine. But. Yeah, well, they were in the last one. Um, and um, uh, one that I would say are, uh, that I would be a bit worried about is Canada. Uh, yeah. They came into the tour as the last qualified team. They've been right, on okay. a bit of a dip of form. I mean, the qualification process is so complicated. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't throw much to it. I, I mean, the thing is, is that the, these pools were decided nearly two and a half years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just think, well, surely you know it should be chosen closer to the time because who is in the top twenty that is not going to be included in the World Cup? It's Spain. Yeah, Spain are in the top twenty, yeah, and yeah. they're not going to be included, yeah. which I think is a bit of an, in, an injustice to the Spanish. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, you reckon Canada? They could be one one for a beating potentially. Yeah, well, I think that you know they could be within that group. I mean, especially against New Zealand and South Africa. Yeah. Um, the, the, my question marks are over going to are going to be over Italy and Namibia's performances against Canada because. Canada ran Italy extremely close in the 2015 World Cup. Yeah, I remember um, they did, yeah. Mm. And I think that, you know, if Canada is able to put up a similar sort of fight, then you never know. They may achieve even fourth place, which yeah. would be an, a great achievement for them. Yeah. It doesn't guarantee them a spot in the next Rugby World Cup, which would be 2023 in France, right. because it's for the teams who come third in their pool overall. Ah, OK, so if they you come get, third in the pool, you do get a place in the next World Cup. Yes, you do. Okay. You do. Um Interesting, actually, because you could easily see one of the smaller teams potentially nabbing a third place. I yes. Mean, have a look at, at Paul D, Wales's group. We've got Wales, Australia, Georgia, Fiji, Uruguay. I think for any of those teams to finish third, or assuming Wales and Australia are those that qualify, yeah. for any of those teams to finish third would be a pretty big coup to, to lock up a place in the next World Cup. Absolutely. And Georgia did that in the previous World Cup. And to be honest... It really comes down to the Georgia-Fiji match as to yeah. who's going to get that third spot. Yeah. Personally, I still think it's the Georgians. Um, everyone was, everyone seemed to go a little bit too crazy when Fiji won against the Maori All Blacks um, yeah, yeah. about a month or so ago. But I still think that... It's the Maori All Blacks though, isn't it? It's the Maori All, All Blacks. And that's not to, you know, to, be, to be disrespectful to yeah. them. It's just that you know they're not the outfit that New Zealand are. And look at how New Zealand treated Tonga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, that test match, I think... I'm going to be bold and say, <laughs> say it was pointless. Yeah. I genuinely do think it's pointless. I know um, the the likes of, um, you know, Justin Marshall, um, Wayne Smith and that kind of thing will all say that it was just a run out for the All Blacks and they voluntarily decided to play with 14 men in the last 15 <laughs> minutes, which they were saying it could be seen as cocky, but they didn't think it was. I think that it's a very smart move because... Inevitably, there are going to be moments during the Rugby World Cup in which they could be down to 14 men. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's a good it's training just, exercise. But mm-hmm. then 
international sides do that in training rather than in a full blown test match. match. Yeah, it's a bit, it takes takes the Mickey a bit, doesn't it? When you when you're doing that, you think, well, it was only need to do that in a proper test match. But exactly, there yeah. we go. I think, um, yeah, look, looking at the at each pool individually, who who do you think is going to go through it? I mean, the top two seeds in each are are in a way pretty much stronger than the rest of the team, especially in, in D. I wouldn't expect Georgia really to have a chance of getting through unless Wales or Australia slipped up C Argentina an outside shout but again France England probably too strong B New Zealand South Africa that's surely locked down I yeah think. I think I completely agree with you on that one and then pool A this I've I've put down in my prediction a little, a little bit of a little bit of extra I'm not sure Scotland are quite up to it yeah I, th- I, j- I think so as well I think that um, you could argue the same for pool C in that uh, Argentina, I think that they could potentially nab second place in yeah. that pool. Yeah, they could They could uh, do France over. They really yeah. could, uh, given the antics that happened 12 years ago. And I think, especially in Scotland's case, they've got a lot of injuries. They do. They've not played that well in the last no, year or two. And Japan's got a home crowd behind them. Who knows what could happen? Well, know? yeah, exactly. I, th- I think that... Um, Japan, they were the revelation side in the last World Cup and I think that their huge passion for rugby has increased enormously. Looking at the footage recently um, how um, the Welsh uh, were greeted at the airport and the, at the training ground. Yeah, it's incredible, wasn't it? They are yeah. really actually, they're getting really behind this Rugby World yep. Cup as if it's you know an event that they may never see again. Of course, Japan are going to host the 2020 Olympics anyway. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in a way that this Rugby World Cup is a bit more special because Japan are able to then have more of a front on it. I think that Scotland, they really do have to be careful. And I, and I think that, we'll come on to this later, but I think that they are missing one of the key men and they didn't select, decide to select him. Uh, we're going to talk about that in our miscellaneous 15 <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but there are a few guys for Scotland that I think that, as a friend of mine said for me to Wales, I think Scotland are also in the same position in that if they lose a few key players, they could become a very, very average side yeah. very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I know Wales... Very probably quite an inexperienced side when you when you look at it man to man. There are experienced players in there, but you lose those and maybe one or two of your of your more creative players, and you think, well, where is this side now? It's sort of yeah. it's uh, yeah, you like you say, very average. But I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams in this World Cup, apart from maybe New Zealand, Australia, possibly England. I think South Africa on the edge think, of that. But I think Australia could be put in that same category. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I genuinely do. Um, but yeah, I think Pool A, we definitely think Ireland, even yeah. though they've been on the dip, performed slightly, and both of their wins against Wales were quite unconvincing. Mm-hmm. Everyone was saying that for the first one in Cardiff, that it was a really a B team from Ireland. It just wasn't. Uh, it was just an A team swapped around, really, yeah. to give um, I just, the, the finishers. I, I the always start. feel Ireland have something up their sleeve. I don't know what it is. They they've got that that depth and that sort of edge to them, which you just I don't don't see other other the European sides having. You know, yeah. you, maybe Wales picked up a little bit of that in in the Six Nations this year, but it seemed to have lost it again going into the summer tests. It's 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 really hard to say. It is really hard to say. Um, Scotland, I I think that that there is a very much a possibility that they could be, end up third. And Japan, you know, I think. 
let's have it. You know, let's have a Asian nation that are in the quarterfinals. It's their home World Cup. They can do better than England in the yeah. last World Cup and actually get out of their pool. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that Japan could get that second place and would be deserved to get that second place. But then, of course, finishing second in Pool A means you line up first place in Pool B in the quarterfinals, which could be inevitably the All Blacks. will be New Zealand. Yeah, it could be the All Blacks, but I think that they won't they won't mind that the Japanese because the Japanese will think that we're going to go probably against the best side of the world. Uh, they've already done that, and I think that the last Test match that the two sides had between each other, a hundred points were yeah. scored. Yeah. Um, and I think it was something crazy like sixty-five to thirty-five. Okay. Um, the last time that the two sides faced each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I th- I still think that. If you were to then have that contest, um, the All Blacks would win anyway. Um, it's kind of we haven't really spoken about much about New Zealand, but New Zealand, um, they, I think you know, it's really the case that they are going into this World Cup with the ambition to become the first side to have won four World Cups and the first side to have won the World Cup three times in three a row, times right? in yeah. a row. Yeah. Um, and I think that they could be on the cusp of doing that um, but there are, I still think that there are a few teams that could stop them in their path um, I think that Ireland would be one yeah. South Africa I mean, yeah. Wales is the maybe for me Wales <laughs> is the maybe for me I think that's a bit optimistic I don't know <laughs> I mean, I'm, as a Wales fan, even I, I, I couldn't see us doing anything against New Zealand, but I think we run them close. But I'm not sure we can get results. But going back, looking at that pool B, yeah, it's New Zealand, South Africa, the top two seeds. Yeah, Italy, Namibia, and Canada. We're not really expecting to do much. No, but we're just we're then just looking to see who then qualifies for the next Rugby World Cup. Which, in yeah. all intents and purposes, I still think it will be the Italians. But it, it, with those top two. I think they're. That's actually the first match. Yes, in that pool, it's the first match in that pool, which is this it's, Saturday. Yeah, it's between those two. So that could decide the group. Yeah, really, you know. Absolutely, it could. So, I mean, I'd I'd be backing New Zealand in that. I was having a look through the statistics. I think they've only played each other four times in in World Cups before. I think it's two matches each. Um, yeah, because I think that South Africa won the final in '95. Yeah. Um, I can't remember their other victory against the All Blacks because the All Blacks won in twenty. Um, they won in twenty fifteen. And did they win in twenty eleven? No, because South Africa are against Australia in their quarter. Yeah, I'm not sure when, when the other one is. But you know, I just. Um, I think that. South Africa do look the most dangerous. I think in terms of a side that could genuinely beat the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. Um, with the likes of, I mean, the starting 15s have already been selected, um, and you then have the Toulouse uh, wingers dash fullback, uh, Cheslin Colby, for instance, who is amazing. Yeah. Um, the return of Captain Sia Kulisi is good to see from the swing box. Hopefully, he's fit enough. Um, I, I think that there could be some strike runners. There are quite a lot of strike runners within the Springbok side. Equally, it's going to be interesting to see how the All Blacks do their selection because do they revert back to what they did in the Rugby Championship and have Richie Moanga at 10, Bowden Barrett at 15, mm. and they don't really have an out-and-out 10 on the bench, it's then thinking, how do you do it's this? It's a bit of a workaround mid-match if there's injuries or anything. It's a bit complicated, but it's, it probably is their best setup. 
and realistically they have they have to go all out. It's the first match, I know, but yeah. they've got to go all out, all guns blazing straight away because well, it's South Africa. Well, think about it this way: they, you know, they win this game, and if they have a few injuries in which it's recoverable, they have three matches to then get them fit for the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I suppose so. You'd expect if they win this one then they're pretty safe for the rest they can sort of play a change squad for the for the other three matches yeah definitely yeah I think one thing that sort of stuck out to me looking through the stats for this match um, the Springboks have only actually scored one try against the All Blacks in Rugby World Cup history so it's, it's a pretty difficult precedent for them going into it that it'll probably be a tight match but it's not going to be a running match probably be quite tight and it'll be about making the most of those chances when when they come up. Yeah, it will be. It will be. And I think that uh, the likes of George Bridge and Sevu Rees who have been kind of been weapons uh, that not many people, teams will be able to then have analysis on. And I think that Eddie Jones has tried to do a similar thing with England. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, those guys do, they do have the potential to do something. But then equally, I think that, you know, the Springboks, they do have some really, really good strike runners in their side yeah so how about then moving on to pool c so we're, we're thinking pool a so far ireland potentially japan yeah pool b new zealand south africa yeah pool c we've got england france argentina usa and tonga yeah i mean yeah Eng- england look there the, the clear the clear front runners um yeah i think i would agree i don't think anyone else has got a chance of touching them there no, I don't think so. The way that they uh, had handled themselves. But, I mean, but then again, we we thought they qualified in the last World Cup. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but then again, they had a much harder pull. It wasn't with Wales and Australia. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know France have very much been a watered down side for the last four years, and you never know. Similar to the way you thought that Ireland would have something up their sleeve, I think that if France get their selection right. I think that they could be very, very dangerous. So, as always with the French, expect the unexpected. Well, yeah, <laughs> quite. You, the cliche, you never know which French side is going to um, turn up. And they do normally peak at World Cups. Yeah. The last World Cup was an anomaly in that sense, but that's just because of the poor state of rugby in La Belle France as it has been for the last <laughs> eight years. So I mean, it, it, I always have hope for France when it comes around to the Six Nations. I'm thinking, oh, we'll have some excitement or something. We'll have pulled something out of the bag. Yeah. And inevitably, it doesn't quite happen. I think it almost did against against Wales this year when they seemed to be running away with it and yeah. Wales some, somehow mustered a comeback. But they, they're, they're very much a nearly side for me, especially in the last five or six years since the World Cup in 2011, really. I think they've... They've not quite lived up to their expectations. No. I mean, we we tend to think of the glory side in 2011 with players like Thierry de Sautois, Julien Bonner, um, Sébastien Chabal, those guys, and yet they lost to Italy the following year. It's got, and that's got to be done in the accent as well, hasn't it? Well, <laughs> it has to be done. It has to be done. I feel like... Um... What's his name? Eddie Butler, when he, when he says, it, <laughs> says it in, in the accent on TV. So good, so good. You flatter me, you flatter me. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it, with France, it's a real case that I think that if they were to then go with a solid 9-10 combination, mm. and you know, they have Dupont and either, um, and I don't, and can't remember who France have got as their fly halves, but I think that Antemac would be a good choice, as well as, um, um, I'm just going to forget them for the time being. But for uh, the purposes, the fly half for Toulon, for instance, uh, I also think that if they then have 
Franduk, for instance, he would be very good as well. Is he in the squad, Franduk? I don't know as far as yeah, I, yeah. I remember only looking at the French squad very briefly, yeah. but I think that, you know, if they then get those guys, and I think that if they then get it down to the likes of Gaio Ficou, uh, Maxi uh, Marchandon, you know, if they get them out of those guys, I think that they could be really dangerous for us. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. equally, you know, Argentina, nobody was expecting how Argentina was going to do in the 2015 World Cup. No, no. They came out of the... Um, they came out of the woodwork, but then again, some of the players that featured then are not featuring in this World Cup. But would I be right in saying that Argentina have had a couple of scalps in the Southern Hemisphere lately? I I can't remember. Yeah, so I remember reading years, something. Years and years gone by, they have won against South Africa. Mm. They've won against Australia. Um, they've never won against the Bla- the All Blacks, but they should should have won against uh, their match. I guess it in um, Rosario in Argentina oh, really? at the start of the rugby championship. Yeah, New Zealand with their first game, they are always, always rusty. I mean, whichever tournament they go to, they are always rusty. So they don't want to play in South Africa first match, do they? Well, exactly. <laughs> they would have preferred it if the if it was second or whatever. But I think, but for Argentina, you know, I think that I can't remember who they play first. I know that England plays against Tonga, but I think that you know. Give them a bit of a head of the seam, and you have to watch out for uh, lost pumas. You have to watch out for them in <laughs> yeah, that regard. Yeah. Well, moving moving on to Pool D, then we've got um, Australia, Wales, Georgia, Fiji, and Uruguay. Yeah. Um, I've actually put Wales down as my pick to win the group. I'm not sure if that's just Welsh bias or that's me genuinely believing they've got a chance. I think but... it's. I think it's. It probably is a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Australia. I think that they are just lacking a little bit of spark and they have lost that little bit of spark ever since Izzy Falau was kicked out of the team. Mm. Now, I think that what they... It's, it really comes down to, I think, what how Michael Jekka selects his team. He has no problems in the in the back row, for instance, with David Pocock and Michael Hooper. They are workhorses and they're absolutely brilliant. I think that his key decision will be the 9-10. You know, if he decides to go with... Uh, Bernard Foley or um will get um or um Kirtley Beale yeah uh, as the fly house. If he goes with Kirtley Beale, I would be a lot more worried as a team because you have no idea how he's going to do it. <laughs> um, with with um with the greatest respect to him, I think that with Foley, he's a bit past it now. I think yeah. in terms yeah. of his quality. Um, so whoever is picked at first fly, at first Foley's probably a bit more of a solid choice though, isn't he? You do. You might be past it, but you know what you're going to get at least. And you do, yeah. I guess if you build the the side or at least the backline around him, you can yeah come with some sort of attacking plan. But then you do miss out on on the flair of Beal if he if he's not on the side. So it is a, it is a real toss up. Because in terms of centres, you then have Samu Kurevi, um, and then uh, Kieran Drani, and they're just massive ball carriers. You you do need to have someone that is a bit of a mercurial fly half, I mm. think. Jay and Quade Cooper's exclusion from the squad, you know, could be a detriment to Michael Checker in that regard. I think that, you know, Jack Maddox, he will fill the void either at wing or at fullback, or Dane Henry Petty, whoever covers the full uh, fullback uh, position for the Australians. Uh, 
And there's another question that I have with the, with the Australians, and it's their forward pack. And it's not necessarily to the back row, that I said, because they are brilliant. It's their front row, and whether the front row can then really stand up to the scrummaging. Yeah. Mind you, having said that, Wales haven't ch- chosen their strongest scrummagers, I think. For instance, uh, the exclusion of some props, you know, I think that has been very, very questionable. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I think we'll come on to that a bit later on. <laughs> yes, we will. Yeah. Um, but I think that... The Australian scrum has always been an area in which teams can feel that they can attack at it. Yeah. Because they've never been traditionally as strong. Yeah. There. Um, I, yeah. So. So we, it's kind of, you know, whoever wins that game, almost like the New Zealand-South Africa game, will ultimately we'll probably win the group. Exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, look, looking across at Wales, obviously the big headline this week has been Rob Howley's... Um, Dismissal, I suppose, or he's at least been sent home. He's been given the shepherd's crook. Yeah, temporarily. Um, I was, I was reading about it earlier. I was a little bit surprised to find he's not actually been convicted of of a betting uh, breach. It's just an allegation, and they have taken the. It's quite a big step, really, just to, to send him home when um, there's going to be an investigation going on with the WRU, and they've decided just to send him home to be part of that investigation back in Wales. Yeah. Rather than letting him carry on with his job we just days before the start of the World it Cup. It must be gutting for him. Oh, yeah, of course. It must be gutting for him. And mm. it's gutting for the team. But then, uh, as Dan Bigger said in a conference, we're all adults, and whatever the scenario is, we just have to suck it up and carry on with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, I think that the squad, they just have to be mature in that respect. And, you know, when Stephen Jones comes in, it's not to say, OK, I'm going to start being the attack coach straight away, as he will be after the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Yeah. But it's more that, you know, OK, boys, we're going to focus on this tournament right now to then do something about it. And I think, as we we were saying earlier, just before we started recording, that maybe this could be a little bit of extra for Wales. You know, they've had... Howley come in, he he would of course have the, it's it'll be his um, attack plans that are still played out. That that's not going to be changed days before no. a rugby world cup. But having a a different um, mindset, maybe a, a different uh, training plan or some sort of different approach from from Stephen Jones might give them, you know, something new to think about and how give them that edge, which we again that 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 mysterious edge which we yes. think potentially it could be Ireland, potentially it could be France. Mm. If Wales can gain that initiative, um, and it, it cannot often be you know within a match, it, it's something you can't really coach. But having that person on the sidelines who's who's um, you know coaching you within the match to to do things, then it it could give them the edge. It could do. It could do. I think that though, for Gatland, it's was going to be a little bit treacherous if Wales stayed. As the number one ranked nation, mm. um, but then it again, keeps the expectation on as well. It keeps it? the expectation mm. on, but then again, the the world rankings this year have been a bit of a farce. I mean, Wales Wales were first and then went down to fifth within a week. Yeah, that's <laughs> that like, fifth. What? <laughs> We've not been fifth in a while. We've been third or fourth, and yeah, exactly. And then rising to number two, and then getting that number one spot. Yeah, pipping New Zealand. We were the team who then pipped New Zealand. Yeah, after five, uh, something like. I don't know, uh, 500 weeks at world number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Ireland then come in there and, and, you know, Hansen was trying to, you know, do his bit of mind games. Yeah, of And trying to tease Gatland and Schmidt. Uh, I think that, you know... I think it's... it's, We're taking it all with a pinch of salt, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's just a mathematical formula which supposedly tells you who's 
the best right now, but ultimately it never matters in the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the winner of the World Cup will be the best team in the world. So exactly. It's it's not really worth paying a lot of attention to. No, it isn't. Um, so, should we go over? Um, should we carry on with who we think are going to be semi-finalists then? Because we've we've pretty much got yeah. our order. So we've got, think... yeah, we've got our quarter-finalists. Yeah, we've got our quarter-finalists. Okay. So, have you got? Have you done your own prediction, or do you want to just go through it together? We'll go through it together. Okay. I think. Um, so our, we've got England, Australia, which will be quarter-final one. So that's assuming England win Come their first. group and Wales win their yeah. group. Yeah. Um, so it could easily be England Wales in that quarter. Could final be in England too. Wales, yeah. It could it could well, I don't think you'd see a France in that quarter finally be no. expecting England. It's yeah. probably yeah, England, Australia or England Wales. Yeah. Um I got a, I got a feeling that England will probably win either of those matches. Yeah, I th- I I think against Australia, yes. Against Wales, it's a, I think it's an even harder one to call, but I yeah. still think that England would win. I think it's difficult to base it on the 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 warm up tests, but yeah, it is. They they did seem to have the edge again. It was probably a bit of Eddie Jones' mind games, as you alluded to earlier. But he has got that psychological edge, especially when Wales feel quite an inexperienced side. Um, so I would expect them to go through um, in that match, whichever yeah. team they they faced. Yeah, um, I think so. The second quarter final, uh, we're looking at the winner of B, so that's New Zealand. Against second place in A, so that's Japan potentially or possibly Scotland. And <laughs> I mean, you know, if Scotland, for instance, were to recreate that performance uh, that they had a couple of years back at Murrayfield and ran the All Blacks extremely close, then you may think, oh, you never know. But I genuinely think that the yes. All Blacks will be far. Got to be realistic, given you they they they're unbeatable in that sort of match. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna get get anywhere near them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Court final three, so that's the winner of Pool D against runner up in Pool C. So we're looking potentially Wales or Australia against France. Yeah. And I think I'd I'd back either either side to beat France. I don't think France are that strong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we mentioned they might have something up their sleeve at any any time, but I think both Wales and Australia would be would be too strong for France. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um and the final court final would be uh Ireland. Uh, winners of Pool A against South Africa. I think that's pretty sealed up, really. I don't think South Africa going to come anywhere else than second in Pool B, unless yeah. they somehow manage to beat the All Blacks. But... Which you never know. Yeah, yeah. You never know. And then they could face Ireland. I mean, if it were to be swapped, for instance, the second quarter final and the fourth quarter final, that Ireland were going to go against New Zealand and South Africa were going to go against Japan. We'd still say that South Africa would get through. Yeah. With Ireland, New Zealand, there is that little bit of Ooh, what's going to happen because of the last couple of tests that yeah. both sides have had against each other. But I still think overall the All Blacks would get through anyway. From the predicted one that we have in front of us... So I've, I put Ireland to go through. Yeah. Um, I'd, again, I've just got a... I don't know what it is. I've just got this feeling that Ireland have got something up their sleeve. But... It, See, I think it really does depend on how South Africa play in the group stage as well. Yeah. If they can run New Zealand close and really put up a fight and then pile the points on the other teams, then they really will have the form going into that match. Yeah, they will. They will. I But I still think that the power of the Springbok forwards is mm. going to be too much for the Irish, even though they have fantastic players. I think that with Sexton being made out of glass um, <laughs> and the... 
scrum halves of South Africa are just scarily quick, yeah. I think that the South Africans would have too much for the Irish. Okay, so going through to the semi-finals, we're looking at um, an England-New Zealand semi-final yeah. one, and then possibly a, a Wales or Australia yeah. versus South Africa in semi-final two. Yeah. Ah, this is where it gets tough, doesn't this it? This is where it gets really tough. <laughs> yeah, this is difficult to predict. Because as of this stage of the tournament, and because of before the tournament started, you have no idea what the semi-finalists are going to be. I think that we, ultimately speaking, we want to have one Northern Hemisphere team in there to make the final a bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that Wales are the more likely ones to do that, personally. So I reckon that they would be more likely to win against the Springboks than England to win against the All Blacks. Yeah, you're right, but I I still think... But England do have their... their the, for instance, they ran the All Blacks extremely close to Twickenham the last time that they yeah. played each other. I I, I, I mean, you I know. think Wales might have a bigger chance, but I, I still don't think it's enough, big enough a chance to go through. I think South Africa would have the beating of them, or alternatively Ireland, if they came through, I still think they'd have the beating of Wales. I don't think they quite got the mindset to take it all away but on the on their day they are possibly the best side in the world possibly you know? yeah so it, it's it's it really it can come down to, to the day to the, the form going to the match to, yeah. to injuries you know as the tournament goes along and yeah kind of it's, it's very tough to predict it is yeah so but for instance we could have an all southern hemisphere an all northern european um, Northern Hemisphere semi-final yeah. Uh, final. yeah or we could have a mixture um, so yeah what what was your if you, you go first what's your final prediction who's going through to the final and who's going to win it overall and then I'll give you mine okay um, I would say New Zealand Wales in the final New Zealand win it yeah okay yeah I think I'll, I'll go with New Zealand winner as well but I just think that Wales will get edged out in the in the semi but either way, I think New Zealand, surely they've got this wrapped up. I mean, when you when you look at it, it's like, yeah, they should win that. They should win that. They should win that. It's really hard to see where, unless they there's a mistake made or some, you know, moment of brilliance from an opposition. It player. really does come to that first game against the Springboks. I yeah. think. Yeah. It, that match is so important in the context of the overall to- tournament. Is so important. Mm-hmm big way to start off yes quite literally um, but then you, you know you get your massive your other massive fixtures uh, throughout the tournament anyway what Wales Australia you know will Australia be able to say that they've won um, you know 14 times out of 16 attempts against Wales yeah um, you know and get the victory because the last game in, in Cardiff it was painful uh, for a lot of people yeah, because it was. it was only a 9-6 win to yeah, Wales pretty awful but it's just about but I, and that's the start of Warren Gatlin it's not about the flamboyancy it's just Get the, the result yeah. of the W isn't yeah. it that was part one of our Rugby World Cup preview show brought to you here on University Radio Bath Morgan and I will be back for part two where we discuss our unselected 15 for the tournament so look out for that and make sure to like URB on Facebook follow us on Instagram and come find us on campus this freshers week, you won't be able to miss us.